happy that you're in the house of the Lord and worshiping him. Let me hear a shout of praise in this house this morning. Praise God. He is good. Well, you guys may take your seats here in person. And uh, man, just welcome, welcome, welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have you guys with us both here in person. And and if you guys tuning in and joining us online, welcome as well. Uh, I'm just really excited, really stirred up. We are starting a brand new uh, two-week mini-series, just a two-weeker that we are titling Healthy Money. Everybody say healthy money, all right? And we are going to be on a two-week journey to look to God's word to discover the why and the how of healthy money. And uh, if you guys were with us in our last series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, I, I mentioned this at one point in one of my sermons, but uh, it's worth repeating. And it's, it's just been all over us this entire year. At the turn of the new year, the Lord dropped the word health into both Eric and I's hearts. And we believe it's a word for us, our family and for personally, but I believe it also applies to us as a live family church and even the global church that God wants us to be a healthy church. Amen. And a healthy church is made up of healthy people, amen? And healthy people have a healthy view and relationship with money. And sometimes it can get weird when you talk about money in church, but man, God wants us to have a healthy, balanced perspective of money. And whether we like to admit it or not, Money affects every area of our life. You can't do much in life without money. Money controls things. Money moves things. Money helps us purchase things that we need. And we have to have the right heart towards it. And in my study, as I've been preparing for this series, I've been doing a lot of research on just some of the statistics of like our culture. Like how does, how is culture doing in our money management? And and some of these statistics, I'm going to read them real quick that we won't have them for the screens, but it's kind of eye-opening and kind of shocking, but it is the, the crazy reality that we live in. And uh, when it comes to financial planning, 54% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. More than 90% of Americans don't have a budget. They just spend and hope it all works out. Around 40% of Americans have less than $300 in savings. When it comes to debt, American, the average American spends 136% of their income. How does that work? Mortgages and loans and credit card debt help that go above 100. The average credit card debt in America is $6,270. Nearly one-third of Americans only pay the minimum on their credit card every single month. When it comes to our generosity and our giving, only 5% of the U.S. tithes with 80% of Americans only giving 2% of their income towards the gospel. Christians are only giving 2.5% per capita, but get this, during the Great Depression, they gave 3.3% per capita. So we're doing worse than the Great Depression. And the negative effects of financial stress and all that, we've seen that. 73% of Americans rank their finances as the most significant source of stress in their life. And we know that stress affects our mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And then 61% of all divorces say the cause of the divorce was over money issues. Yikes. So as we've just heard, uh, we, we, we aren't doing so hot. Everybody say we can do better. We can do better, right? And, and uh, the, these statistics are both for Christians and, unfortunately, non-Christians alike. Like, like we all fall in these categories here, and uh, many of these statistics apply. But uh, before I get into what we really are going to talk about today, can I address the elephant in the room? Someone look back. There is an elephant back there, but uh, there is an elephant in the room. When we talk about money in church, 
people get weird, all right? And I'm just going to acknowledge that up front so we can have a nice, honest two weeks where we have no pressure to do anything or no one's going to twist our arm at the end of the series to do something, whatever, so we can honestly approach God's word wholeheartedly and say, God, help us all grow in this area, right? It, 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 people get spunky when you start talking about money in church and maybe you've had a bad experience or many, maybe you're part of a body where that's all they talked about or whatever. But here's the deal. I want to just... Let us all relax and take a deep breath. This isn't about a get-rich-quick scheme, this series, all right? So you're not going to find that. This isn't a sell all your possessions and take a vow of poverty series. So take a deep breath. We're not going to challenge you to do that, all right? This isn't a, hey, you need to give more money to a live family church series. This is not what we're talking about this, this month. And there is no ulterior or hidden motive behind this series, except that God wants his very best for his people. And as your pastors, we have not taught enough on this. We've done one message in four years on money. And as we look to the gospels, Jesus talks a lot, of, a lot about it, way more than we talk about it. And we want health for our church. And so if we're going to be honest and say, I want to be healthy, Man, I can come to church, I can serve, I can lift my hands, I can do all these great things, but if I don't have a healthy relationship with money in my life, I, I'm not serving God wholeheartedly. And we want health in all areas of our life. And so this is just, seriously guys, take a deep breath, relax. This is a heartfelt, honest look at God's word. Why healthy money? and how to do it, and some practicals. This will not be an exhaustive study on financial principles and all that. There's a lot of great experts out there that can help you manage your money in a great way, but we want to get the principles in our heart of how God intends for us to manage money and then go from there. And so, um, and then if you're like, if you're still here and you're like, why are we taking two weeks to talk about money? That's two weeks too much for some of us. I get that. Uh, we, again, we have to look to the gospels. We have to look to Jesus for his example. When Jesus walked the planet, he often taught in stories or in parables. And 16 out of the 38 recorded parables deal with money or possession. So almost half of what Jesus taught about in those parables was dealing with this. One out of every 10 verses in the Gospels deals with money. And if you look at the Bible in its entirety, you've got 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, and over 2,000 verses that deal with money and possession. Somebody say, hello. God obviously knew that as human, fallen, sinful, yeah, 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 people, that we might be tempted and might be tempted to struggle in the area of finances in our pursuit of it or our handling of it. So he chose to put that as a huge emphasis, yet a lot of us just skip over and say, I'll do what I want. God bless it. I'll do what I want, but God bless it. And we're going we're gonna to break that bondage in, in these two weeks. And we're going to open up our heart to God's way, which again is the highest and best way. Amen. And so I've always, I've always been taught if it's important to God, it should be important to me, right? If God makes a big deal about it in his word, then I should make a big deal about it in my life. Where God's silent, we stay silent. But where God speaks, we speak and we follow his word. God always wants what's best for his kids, amen? And so we're gonna get into this. And so let's dive into the why. We're talking about the why. You're not gonna get 10 steps to better financial success today or what and stocks I'm gonna tell you to invest in. I'm not going anywhere like that. We're gonna talk about more practicals next week. But we gotta lay the foundation of our hearts first today if we're ever gonna receive what we're gonna be talking about next week. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us as we dive into the why of healthy money. Father, we love you so much. We thank you that you are a faithful father. You want good things for your kids. You've given us your word already. You've left it for us. It is living. It's active. It's powerful. 
Lord, we want to be healthy and serve you and worship you with our whole hearts, not just part of it or 90% of it or 95, but the whole thing. And so finances is part of the way we worship you and serve you and in your kingdom. And so, Father God, I pray that you would tear down walls, tear down strongholds today, that, that, that un, uncorrect teaching uh, hurt and burn from the past, Lord, whatever it may be, has to leave in the name of Jesus today. And I pray for an openness to receive your truth with a pure and awesome heart today, Father God. I thank you that you help each and every one of us take a step closer to better financial stewardship and do it your way, Father. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed said, amen. All right, so if you're note takers today, uh, I'm just talking about the why, all right? I don't have no fancy title or flashy title for you. It's just the why, healthy money, the why, all right? But the first principle, I got three things. I'm gonna go through these kind of quickly because I gotta lay the foundation uh, before we get to what we're talking about next week. But the first one is this, everything belongs to God. Everybody say everything. This will blow your mind, all right? This is so foundational, important. We see this in the word. A couple scriptures for you. Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and help me out, everything in it, right? In the world and, and all who live in it. Psalm 50, verse 10 through 12, For all the animals of the forest are mine. I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Side note, that's a lot of cheeseburgers, all right? Um, I know every bird on the mountains. I know all the animals in the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and everything in it. Then we get to Haggai chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine declares the Lord Almighty. All of the money's mine. Bring it into modern day currency. The bills are his, the coins are his, the Bitcoin is his, all right? I don't care what it is, whatever type of transaction or currency or virtual or you know all that, it's God's, right? Like God's trying to get our attention. Everything in the word of God says that everything belongs to God. And when I hear the word everything, guess what? It means Everything. Everything means everything, right? So what does that mean? Well, if we believe that's true, that means all the money in the world belongs to who? It belongs to God. And we can say that easily, but then when we get back to our checkbooks and we're that's it's a lot harder to, to manage money from that perspective. But if we're ever gonna do it right, we gotta realize who the owner of it is and what our role is in it, right? I think most of us, I'm tempted in this so much too. I think most of us, we have a tendency to get this mixed up, right? We get our paycheck or we receive finances and we're like the seagulls on Finding Nemo. We're like, mine, 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 right? And we're like, don't touch my money. I worked hard for this, right? Shout out to Finding Nemo. We got little kids that like that movie. But that preaches so good to me. It's like, mine, mine, right? We come out of the womb and we're like, mine. You, you ever watch little kids in, in the nursery? And God bless them, not our kids, you know, but other church kids, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, like, toy, mine. Like, let's, let's work on sharing mine. Like, we come out of the womb with fleshly, earthly things of get, 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 and mine, 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 and protect it with everything we've got. Same is true even as adults when it comes to our finances and our livelihood and our money. And so in order to have healthy money, I believe we have to have a healthy perspective towards money. And in order to do that, I believe we have to have the right answer to two questions. And those two questions are this, number one, who is the owner? And number two, who is the manager? Amen? 
Who is the owner of the money and who is called to be the manager, right? With the money we make, are, are we the owners of it and we just ask God to help bless us and manage it? Or is God the owner of the money and we are the managers of it, right? And to help illustrate the, the scenarios here, I'm going to actually have a, a live illustration here. So Ian, if you want to come on up to stage, give it up for Ian. Ian Big. <laughs> Him and his wife, Kathleen, are youth directors, and so I got to snag him for first service here because he'll be busy next service. But this is Ian, all right? And he's a hardworking dude, and he loves God, and he's trying to do it God's way. And for the sake of this example, don't get it twisted or sound snip this on the internet, I'm going to be God for this example, all right? Pastor Eric did not say he is God, all right? Everybody clear? Oh, I got a bunch of witnesses. For the example, all right, Ian's working hard. God wants to bless him for his work, right? So God owns everything, and he owns the Benjamin. Right? And so God gives $100 to Ian. Scenario one, Ian thanks God for the blessing in his life because it came from God, right? Whether it was his paycheck, his employer, whatever, he's got $100. He used to not have $100, right? He seeks God and says, God, how can I honor you with this money? Good job. One of the first things he does is he takes $10 out of that 100 and he gives it to his local church. He brings the tithe to the storehouse. One of the next things he does is say, I need to set 10 aside for savings for the future. Right? I don't want to pay myself. Then after church, because we all get hungry because I preach about food every Sunday, right? You got to go out to eat. So he goes out to a restaurant, right? And he eats, but he also is led by the Lord to bless somebody else and take care of them. And so $40 of it goes to bless somebody else's bill. So we've already spent 60 of it. You got 40 left. What's he going to do with it? Well, hey, he's got to eat. He's got to provide. So you got to keep that Wi-Fi on, right? So he puts the other 40 towards his utility bill, right? The 100 is gone. He sought the Lord. He put him first. He did some things. I would say, hey, that was, that was a pretty good use of money. Would you guys agree? All right, let's give it. Give me back. Okay, it's mine. It's fine, right? <laughs> Everything is the Lord's, right? Scenario two, here you go, man. Hey, and, and the father's heart is, man, I pray that you would use this to bless people, to, to put it in kingdom purposes, to do some good with this. Man, you get to do whatever you want with it. I can't force you, but man, I just really hope you do that. But, but Ian, Ian's like the seagull in Finding Nemo, mine, right? And, and, and he says, you know, I don't think, I worked hard for this money. I deserve it, right? I made this money. And, and you know what? I've got a lot of things I could spend this money. And so he pulls out his phone. He hops on the Amazon Prime app that he's already got a lot of things in his wish list cart. And in about four seconds, that $100 is gone and will be at his door in two days or less, right? Praise God. With updates and pictures of where they dropped it, right? Pretty crazy and freaky at the same time, right? And so, boom, he, he, had, he felt good about that. But let me see this for a second. In what scenario do you think Ian got it a little more right? Scenario one or scenario two? I think you guys get that 100%. Scenario one, he, he did a lot of things with just $100, right? He, he took care of the kingdom. He put some in savings. He was wise with it. He blessed somebody, right? And he took care of one of his needs. The second scenario, he's like, I'm doing what I want. And it was more selfish, right? Now, before Ian goes here, he doesn't know I'm doing this, um, but this is for you. And you get to keep this with one stipulation. Ask God what you're supposed to do with that and just be obedient to whatever you're supposed to do with that. Amen? All right. God bless you. He didn't know that. Look at this. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's like, shoot. So honesty check. We all laugh and we know scenario one's a lot better, but how many of you guys know, man, we are so much guilty of scenario two on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not even funny, right? Ouch. Like my money, I worked hard. I'll do what I want. And maybe God will get a little leftover, right? 
Maybe God will get a little tip or sympathy gift after I do all what I want with it, right? And, and God's an afterthought. His kingdom's an afterthought. Blessing people's an afterthought. Because what? Again, it's that ownership question. We think we're the owner and we ask God to help just bless it versus God's the owner and we are God's money manager. And so that's the takeaway in this point one. Here, if you want to take something away from this, it's we are God's money managers. Also, another word the Bible uses for it is a steward, right? What is a steward? A steward is someone, an owner, entrusts with the management of his assets, right? And so we are stewards of God's resources, of our time, of the anointings and talents he puts on our life, and the finances that he allows to flow through our hands. I love what Randy Elkhorn said in his book, Managing God's Money. He said, there can be no understanding of stewardship until there's first an awareness of ownership. The steward cannot do a good job well done without clearly grasping who owns and who doesn't own what is entrusted to his care. And I think that so applies to our finances, right? And if we look over the Bible, we don't have time to go into all this, there are so many stewardship principles where we see God painting this manager or master or owner, and then we've got this steward or manager, and either they do a good job and they're faithful with it, or they're not faithful with it, and we learn a lot of lessons in it. And so at the end of the day, if we want to have a healthy view of money, just remember this, it's God's. If we want to hold money loosely and be a conduit so God can flow through us, and as we're going to talk about next week, when we cannot outgive God. Like, you give it away, he can trust you with more. You give it away, if you hold it tight, you've just cut off the pipe right there, right? Uh, but, but man, if we understand that God owns all the money, the money he is blessed, but I work a hard job. Yeah, who gave you that job? Who gave you the skills to work and make it? Who gave you the mind to do oh, I went to school. I got the doctor. Yeah, who allowed you to have those opportunities? We always got to go back to the source and it will help us be less mind, mind, mind with our money and more like, God, what would you want me to do? How, what does your word say, right? And so that's important. We have the opportunity to steward it well. That's number one. Number two is this. The love of money is dangerous. Hello. Have you ever, ever heard it, heard this statement? Money is the root of all evil. You've heard that, but that's incorrect, right? Because you hear what I said? Money is the root of all evil. No, no, no. The Bible says we got to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10 to get it straight. In that passage, it says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, for the Love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For some people, eager to have money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so, guys, it's the love of money that's dangerous. Money isn't good or bad. Money isn't good or evil, right? Like, when you think about it, money is amoral. It doesn't have morals. It, it, it is a tool, it is a resource that can be used for good or for evil. For example, right, money can be used for evil. It can be used to traffic other individuals. It can be used to bribe a judge to get an outcome that shouldn't happen. It can be used to fund terrorist acts. You can do a lot of evil things with money. In all those scenarios, the money itself isn't good or bad. It's the people using the money that their hearts were either evil, right? 
Same thing, money can be used for a lot of good in this world, right? It can be used to feed and take care of the poor. It can be used to dig water wells in Africa and give clean water to people that don't have it. It can be used to support a missionary sharing the good news and the gospel on the other ends of the earth. In each of those cases, the money wasn't good. It was what the people who had the money in their heart did with the money. So we don't need to be afraid of money, but we don't need to be like, hey, hey, like we're all about money. We have to have a proper balance with money. Realize it's just a resource. It's just a tool. It's a currency that God entrusts to our care and asks us to do some really cool things with it. But if we don't do it God's way, we can't expect God's blessing. Amen? And that's where a lot of the hangup happens when it comes to finance. And we've said it a lot at Alive, if you've been here at all, but I think it's worth repeating just so we don't get misunderstood. God doesn't care if you have money. He cares if money has you, right? Like God isn't afraid. He doesn't apologize for blessing you, right? In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to it. He's not embarrassed or ashamed for those of you that might be blessed financially because guess where the blessing comes from? Him, right? He's concerned about the dangerous trap of being consumed with the pursuit of more money. Once you have a little bit and you've tasted it, our human fleshly nature wants more, 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 right? And he says, hey, if we get our soul focused on chasing after money, we are going to be in a dangerous slippery slope. Many people have wandered from the faith, the scripture says. Many people have pierced themselves. Many people have done really harmful things when they got so caught up about the money and didn't keep a heart for the Lord, right? If you're controlled by money, if you're tempted by money, if you're motivated by money, that is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place. And we need to ask the Lord for help to set us free from that allure to money, right? And so the love of money gets you pursuing the wrong master too. I I think this is important to mention before we move on to point three. When we go after the love of money and we're consumed by it, we are serving the wrong master, all right? And Jesus teaches on this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one or love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or mammon. You cannot serve both God and money. You have to choose. We have to choose what master are we going to serve, right? And I've always heard it said this way, money makes a terrible master, yet it makes a good servant to those who have the right master, which is God, right? When we have the th- point one, God owns everything. He's our Lord and master. When we have that money can serve in amazing ways, but it makes a horrible master if we're just trying to serve money. And so what does that look like practically for you and I? Well, we just have to be honest, right? What master are we serving right now, Right? Is it God or is it money, right? What is our trust in? Who is our trust in? Is it God or our paycheck? Who are we serving right now? Are we serving God or our employer, right? When we answer these questions, the way we relate with money, whether we like it or not, is really important on how we handle it, right? And it's usually all connected to our Heart, And that leads me to my third and final thing that we need to talk about this morning. It's this. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. Everybody say heart. People get all funky about money. It's not even about the money for God. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't want your money. he's, He's loaded. He owns a cattle on a thousand hill. He don't need it. He wants your heart. 
God wants our heart, and money is the ultimate heart check from the Lord. How are we going to operate with it? What are we going to do with it? How are we going to spend it? How do we relate with it? Is it a good, bad relationship? God is always looking at our hearts. And he's always been and will always be on mission for our whole heart. I, I know a lot of believers that they don't do the money thing with the church. I don't give to the church, but I mean, I worship, I serve, I do that, but don't touch my money, don't talk about my money. And so like 98% of their life is wholeheartedly surrendered. But man, there's a breakthrough that they're missing because God wants the whole thing. And he's not out to steal, kill, and destroy from you. That's the enemy's job description in Dodd 10, 10. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. He knows the great joy when we have a loose relationship with money. And we're just as steward and as conduit with it, right? And so God wants your heart. He doesn't want your money, right? What we do with money is a direct reflection of what's going on in our heart, whether we like to admit that or not. And the heart, the Bible talks a lot about the heart. It's the wellspring of life. All the issues of life flow from the heart, right? I love what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Jesus says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Truth bomb. Where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. I think a lot, a lot of times we misquote this. We say, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Jesus said it the other way around. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What is Jesus saying? He's saying where your money is, your heart will follow. Where your money is spent, your heart will follow. Whether we like that or not, that is not me saying that. That is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings saying that. He's saying, hey, wherever you put your money, that's where your heart will be, right? So what is this scripture challenging us? He's saying, don't just invest in earthly things because guess what? Your heart will only be consumed and passionate about earthly things. Instead, also have a kingdom mindset with your treasure and put your treasure not only in earthly things and good investments on earth, but also help build his kingdom and put and bless people in the kingdom because your heart will follow that too and it'll be eternal because guess what? We can't take anything with us. Hello? Have you ever seen a U-Haul trailer behind a hearse? No. You can't take your stuff. You can't take your boat. You can't take your lake house. You can't take your amazing collection of whatever. It ain't coming with you to heaven. And so, man, we have to have a loose grip. It's okay if we have stuff. We just can't have stuff to have us. Amen? And we have to have our heart pure towards the Lord and realize wherever our money is, our heart is going to follow. And so heart check. What, what do we need to do? Man, if we were to all pull out our phones right now, and log into our online banking app, or if you're on a computer and you do that, and you look at your statements, as crazy as that would be, you would go down and see who, where the money's going, there's your heart, right? Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. Now, some of them are just things you have to do to live, but, but honestly, you would be able to gauge, you know, where does the kingdom fitness, does God have a pie of this at all, or is it all just like utilities, bills, mortgage rent, blah, 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 and it's all gone, right? And, and like, seriously, like, as crazy as that is, like, ladies, some of the guys are like, yeah, get the ladies, all right, get the ladies. You'd open it up, you'd be like, Target, Target, Starbucks, Target, Amazon, Target and Starbucks, because they're at the same location. I'm not judging you, right? Fellas, I'm going to get you too, right? 
Fellas open it up. They're like, yeah, house payment, car payment, boat payment, Cabela's, boat payment, Cabela's, boat payment. Where's our heart? It's with those things. Whether we like that or not, Jesus said it. I didn't say it. Man, we can look at our bankroll and be honest about, wow, where's God fit in all this? Does he fit in all this? What master am I chasing? What master am I serving? And we can get real and raw with that, right? And we'll talk more about this next week, about the practical and, and when we receive income, what the, the God response is and how you approach that, because I think it's important we know how to relate with it and actually how to manage it. Because some of us, they don't teach this in school, unfortunately, anymore. They have barely any budgeting classes or anything like that. It's like, here you go. Like, you're on your own. Like, figure it out. And the world system is broke. I see so many people depressed and divorced and angry and greedy and evil because they're consumed by the love of money. And they don't know how to relate with it, right? We are the church. We're supposed to be a city on a hill, bright and shining, an example of how to do it right. We'll talk more about this next week, but one of the reasons that immediately when our paycheck is direct deposited in our account, the first thing we do is we give the tithe to a live family church because we want to make sure we have our priority straight of who we're serving. It's not a last afterthought. It is God gets the first and the best. We'll talk about that and what, what, that, what that umbrella of God's provision happens when we do that and how everything else seems to work, even though mathematically it doesn't calculate on a spreadsheet of how that would go the distance. God's blessing can, but it's a heart check. Every time money comes in, heart check. What are you going to do with it? Who, who are you serving? Heart check, right? And, and I think it's important for us to realize that because, man, I just want to encourage some of you. You might find yourself in a bunch of different categories here, and I believe the Lord wants to just end and encourage you today. Number one, you might be one of those who have always had a hard time ever giving to your local church or giving to missions or supporting people in the kingdom. You might just, I don't do that. I just, I got burned or televangelist was selling Dead Sea mud 18 years ago. I bought it, didn't get healed. You know, like there's been some goofy stuff in the kingdom. Amen. Can we be real? There's been some people in ministry for the wrong reasons. Can we be real? We, ministries, churches, min, uh, uh, missions, they're all led by humans. Humans are fallen. And if we're not aligned with God's word, things can get funky real quick. Amen? Because we all make mistakes. I'm not here to undo that, but I believe the Lord can heal that. Because if you have shut that down and have not given to the Lord and worship the Lord in that area, you are missing out on an opportunity for God to move in your life in such a great way. And the enemy knows that and he'll keep whispering up. But what about that? And remember that. So I want to encourage you today with a second. The second category, this encouragement goes for all these, for all of us. You may be skeptical about giving. You might be like, you know what? I'm starting to see in the word and I believe I'm supposed to do it, but how and what and how much and all that. We're going to talk about a lot of that next week and how that all works and how God's kingdom is set up, all right? We're going to help you with that. And maybe some of you guys are like, hey, I, I love giving. I, I like to be generous, but I'm a little nervous about how much, right? And I have, I have this kind of rope that I keep pulling back on it because I just don't, I don't want to give too much and I don't want to do this. And we'll talk about what God says about that and, and people that have the gift of giving upon them because it's actually a spiritual gift. But in all these categories, no matter where you find yourself, never given, used to give, but got burned, give, but maybe not the full amount, whatever, wherever you find, wherever you find yourself, please hear my words that I believe are the Lord's. God's not after your money. God doesn't need your money. He's not after your money. He always has been and he always will be after your heart, your whole life. God's not after your paycheck. He's not trying to steal from your paycheck and your investments and your savings. He wants to steal the attention of your heart. 
He wants to make sure that you're serving the right master and not chasing and serving the wrong master, right? He wants your total trust and confidence in him as your source, not your employer or this person over here or the situation over here. God wants to be your source because he owns everything. He doesn't want you to put your confidence in your worship and your possessions. He wants you to worship and have confidence in him. And here's the deal. He, he doesn't want you to serve money. He wants you to serve him. When we get things in their proper order and perspective, man, it's incredible how things begin to work and flow. Whatever a man sows, he also reaps. We'll talk about it next week. If you're a farmer and you don't throw out any seed, it's a pretty barren farm. You can't expect a harvest. And the law of sowing reaping has not stopped. It is a spiritual law. People that don't believe in Jesus, people that are atheists, reap the benefit, good and bad, of the law of sowing reaping. It's, it's a principle that's been there from the creation of earth that God set in motion. And man, I believe God doesn't need our money, but man, he wants us to relate with it in a healthy way. Again, this series is not how to do money and all that. It's healthy money. How many of you guys want healthy money in your life? How many of you guys want God's money principles working for you, not against you? Amen. How many of you guys want the blessing of the Lord on you and that, that he's not even mad or sorrowful about it? How many of you guys want the devourer to be rebuked for your sake, that your, your kitchen sink goes longer than the neighbor's? Your car is on 350 thousand miles and still kicking and it shouldn't be. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen these things in my own life and other believers when they do it God's way. It doesn't make natural sense, but aren't you glad we don't serve a natural God? We serve a supernatural God. And some of his principles make an accountant and a numbers and a spreadsheet guy go, what? How does that percent go further than that percent? That is not what I learned in second grade math. But it's a supernatural thing. It takes faith to please God. It takes faith to do it God's way. But get, God's not after your money. He's not here to steal. He doesn't want to take something from you this series. Guys, just hear my heart. He wants to get something to you, amen? He's always about getting something. And if he can trust you with a little, the Bible says, he can entrust you with more. When we're like, boom, he's like, boom. And if we're like, boom, he's like, boom. And he's like, boom. But if we're like, boom, uh-uh. He's like, go. You're like, uh-uh. You can't expect anymore because he can't trust that heart. Does that make sense? And so we'll get into it for time's sake. I need to just kind of, this is the appetizer. Hear, hear me out. We have the appetizer today. Do not miss next week. It is the main course, all right? And it comes with dessert. I'm telling you what, it is good. All right, it, it will literally change the way you view your money and what you do with your money. And let's just have an open heart to say, hey, not man's principles, God's principles, amen? God knows how to do it best. Don't you think he wrote the book on life and he knows what's best for us? If we trust him in other areas, we can trust him in this area and he will be faithful to his word, amen? Let's pray though, because we cannot do any of this without his strength and his help. This trying to repeat a, a principle or money management thing without God in it is just, it's in vain and it will never produce any fruit and it won't bring you any joy. But when we do it God's way from his heart and a heart that wants to serve him and, and wants to give and wants to bless people and wants to build a kingdom and, and wants to have a healthy financial situation, not to be blessed just for us, but be blessed to be a blessing so that the kingdom of God can advance in the four corners of this earth. And we are a steward of the master's good resources. That's when it gets fun. And that's when money managing for God gets really, really fun. Amen. And let's ask God to help us 
in this way. Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for today. Thank you for stirring us up and getting our attention a little bit on our money, not to pursue it, but to pursue you. Father, I thank you that out of all of this, if we've heard anything, it's God, you don't want our money. You want our hearts. Lord, we want our hearts sold out for you in every area. We wanna serve you in every area. We wanna honor you in every area, even when it comes to our money and our finances. And so Lord, help us have healthy money habits. Help us have a healthy relationship with the money that flows in and out of our life. Help us honor you with the funds that come through. Help us be aware that Lord, you own everything. The money belongs to you. That chasing after money is like chasing the wind and we'll never catch it and we'll never have enough to satisfy us. And Lord, that we'll understand that Lord, when we serve you and not money, we're serving the right master and the right master will always take care of us in all of our big needs and all of our small needs and everything in between. Lord, if you take care of the sparrow, <laughs> you're gonna take care of us, Father. And so we trust you. And as we go on this journey next week, Lord, of, of the how, of healthy money, Lord. We pray that you just open up our hearts, Holy Spirit, customize what was even said today. I trust you are and make it personal for us, Lord. What is our response after hearing what we heard today, Lord? We'll just be obedient to it. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed said, amen. Anybody get something out of this today? Come on, we're all good. Everybody still has the same amount of money that they had except Ian, right? Praise God. All right, when they walked in, praise God. Um, Hey, I never like to end a service uh, without just giving an invitation. We do what we do because Jesus is on mission to seek and save the lost, and we partner with that mission, amen? We want people to have a connection with God, a personal relationship with God. It doesn't have to be a religion. It can be a relationship. And so if you're here today in person or you're tuning in online and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it all starts there. Just get on the right side, like make the master, the Lord, Savior, the right master in your life and everything else, he'll teach you as you go. You don't have to have it all figured out first. You just need to know that, hey, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. God took care of that. Jesus went to the cross, died, rose three days later, now seated at the right hand. He's praying for you and he wants a relationship with you. And man, that is the best decision you could ever make. So out of reverence of this moment, if you could just bow your head and close your eyes and online, no moving around or shifting around. This could be for some of you as well. If you're here, you're hearing this later in the week, you're listening to the podcast and this part of the message is on right now and you'd be honest. You don't know for sure where you're going when you die. You don't have that confidence and hope of heaven because you're not really sure. You need help in this world. You know that you don't have all the answers. Jesus is the answer. He is your source. He is the one who gave everything so that you could have a personal relationship with God the Father and have right relationship with him. He took your sin, he took your guilt, he took your shame, and he threw it as far as the east is from the west, and he loves you, and he wants to know you intimately and personally. And so if that's you and you wanna receive Jesus, maybe for the first time or, or rededicate your life to him, right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, out of reverence, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I can pray with today? I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You can put them down. And what we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna pray a simple prayer. I wanna encourage all of us to pray it as a church family, and especially those of you guys that, that wanna do this. Just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart change my life and help me live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name I pray.
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.